God so loved. Our gospel carries with it probably one of the most famous scripture verses. Supposedly at times you've seen people at sporting events will hold up signs that say John 3.16 because it so perfectly captures the gospel message that God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him might not perish but might have eternal life. And we see this image on the cross and sometimes I know college students, we, we look at the cross and we can feel like bad. Like I feel like I know that, it, yeah, it's, it's my sin that did that to Jesus. And it's like, no. <laughs> like, like, no. This is God's choice. God chose that he so loved the world that he gave the gift closest to him, his own son. And we heard like a week or two ago that if God has given us his son, how will he not also give us everything, everything else we need, that God's going to, he's not going to hold anything back. So God is giving us everything to bring about our salvation. But it doesn't always feel like that. Like, okay, if God is working everything for good in my life, why does it not feel like that? Because I feel a lot of different things. You know, like it's midterm week. I'm a little stressed, you know, Um, that things in my family are not as perfect as I would like. That uh, my roommates and I are still trying to figure out whose dishes those are, you know, like like there's, there's, there's stuff, right? And it it can be hard to reconcile, okay, God's love is at work when it doesn't feel so great. That's where readings like our first reading from 2 Chronicles, whenever whenever you can preach on 2 Chronicles, it's a good day. No, so you just don't hear from it much. But they're telling us the story. Chronicles is the chronicling of the, the people of Israel in the Old Testament. And so we hear how God is looking at his people And he's looking at the freedom he's given them, and they're choosing to pursue other things that they think will make them happy, which we all do in in little and big ways. I think this will make me happy, and I'm going to pursue it. That's, That's just how we work. But we find later, like, you know, that didn't really make me happy. So these people are kind of, the more they turn away from God, the further blinded we become, Like, just like when we do something good, it gets easier to do something good. When we do something not so great, it gets easier to do not so great things. And so they they turn from God, and God's like, what am I going to do to help bring them back to me? And so he basically allows them to suffer the consequences of their actions. But he has a plan. He allows his people to become exiled in Babylon. Like, to leave the town that they love, to have everything they love stripped from them. And you might imagine them being like, how is a good God doing this? 
But God has a plan that after 70 years, using someone who's not even Jewish, he's Cyrus, the king of Persia, he uses this outsider to lead the people back to Jerusalem and rebuild the temple, making it better than ever. God's plan is always to take us from where we are through whatever circumstances it takes to bring us into the fulfillment of his love. But a lot of times, you and I, we, we, we experience the 70 years of exile. We, we experience the heaviness, the darkness. And I don't see how this is going to end God. But God has a plan. We are his handiwork, created in Christ Jesus for goodness. That God loves us. He sees us as good, as beautiful. We're not always good at seeing that about ourselves. But God has a plan to take me from where I am and to lead me to something better. This weekend we had a retreat with about, I don't know, about a hundred of our students here at NAU, uh, down in Happy Jack. And at, the, at one part of the retreat, there were students who kind of stood up in front of their peers, and they, in a very brief way, they shared, here's where I was in, like, exile, and here's what God has done in my life. And it, 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 it was powerful. It moved me. I'd like to share these things with you. These are, these are pretty raw, too, by the way. One person said, Pornography has enslaved my every thought and emotion. And they turn their sign around. God still loves me, and he freed me. Someone said, I thought I was worthless and unlovable. Then God showed me the light, and I now know my worth. One girl courageously stood up and said, I was raped at the age of 16. God has shown me that my worth is not determined by others. One person said, I abused my relationship for sex. God forgave my sins and he still loves me. One person said, I resorted to cutting and bruising myself to deal with my anxiety. God has healed my wounds and has shown me my worth. One person said, wounds from a past relationship left me feeling alone and unloved. God showed me true love through his light and the people he has placed in my life. Last one here. Three years ago, I considered taking my own life. Through God's grace, I am here today. Can you feel the exile? And yet God had a plan. He knew that was going to happen. And he knew how he was going to work through that to lead them 
to a fuller revelation of his love. That whenever darkness happens, whenever bad things are happening, God has a plan to work through all things to do something better. That's the good news. That's what he did. These are in what, six or seven students that I read? That's what he did in their lives. That's what he wishes to do in each one of our lives. That's the message here. But the temptation, the lie, ever since Adam and Eve in the garden, is that when I mess up, the natural response is to hide. Like, if I miss Mass, it becomes so easy to say, well, to miss another Mass and another Mass. And then after a while, it, you know, that I feel, I feel like I disappointed God. But the truth is that the only disappointment in God's heart is in the lie that I've disappointed Him. But the invitation He holds out to you and I is to come into His light and show Him everything. That the way that these students were led from darkness to light is through the courage they had in bringing their lives to Him. Recognizing that Jesus Christ is not on the cross to condemn me, but to save me. You know, sometimes non-Catholics will look at, they'll walk into a Catholic church and they'll be like, how come you Catholics are still crucifying Jesus? But the reason we have the, the crucifix up front and center is not because Jesus is still suffering, but because he's still loving me. That he's still showing me what he thinks I'm worth. That Jesus chose in freedom to embrace the cross. That it wasn't the, it wasn't the nails that held Jesus to the cross, but his love. And he, he opens his arms and he says, I want, I do this for everyone, for each person, individually. And I desire to draw them to myself. That my whole mission is to save and to draw them. And you and I experience that gift. We can receive the gift he offers us when we come before him. Especially here, but even at home or wherever we are. When we just turn to the Lord and say, Lord, here's where I'm at today. Today's a little harder than usual. You know, we, I think the students know this here, other people may not. Um, this past Monday, we lost a student of their own choice. And we feel, as a community, a heaviness and a sadness. But no one is more sad than Jesus Christ who wept at the tomb of his friend Lazarus. And when Jesus is on the cross and he opens his arms and he says, I thirst, what he's saying is, I, I thirst for your love. I thirst for your pain. That all this, the pain that I read to you, that the people experienced love because they allowed Jesus to draw that pain out. They gave it to him. They expressed it to him. Sometimes we say, What's the point, you know? I'm really depressed and sad, but nobody wants to hear it. He wants to hear it. 
And the more I trust in him and just go to him and just say, Lord, today was a hard day or today, today I'm feeling pretty good. Thank you. Thank you for the beautiful rain, you know. Um, thank you for this chance to be at school. I'm, I'm really looking forward to spring break, you know. Like, um, but whatever's on our heart, to take it to the Lord, and he's the one who draws out that which is not helpful to me and replaces it with nothing but love. That what Jesus Christ has in his heart for you and I is nothing but love. And the sword, the, 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 the lance that pierced his side caused no pain, but allowed his love to pour forth onto you and I. And so God so loved the world that he gave his only son. But God is so big and ever-present that God continues to love the world and gives his son to us in the Eucharist in every moment. And so tonight we come as people who were made for love, by love, so that we might be reminded of our dignity and receive that love that our hearts yearn for and that brings healing.